1 Peter chapter number 1 and verse number 3. The Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, verse number four, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Our heavenly Father, God, as we bow before you once again this morning, we do come in Jesus' name. Lord, I do not want to be a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. I do not want to preach, God, this morning in the energy of the flesh, but I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit this morning. I pray, God, that you will speak to every heart in this building. I ask you to bind the devil and any hindrances or any foul spirit that would grieve you in any way this morning. And I pray that you'd have the preeminence. Do what needs to be done. Do something in all of our hearts and our lives. Save the lost and reclaim the backslid. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Very quickly, just by way of introduction, I know that as it's already been testified this morning and said by others throughout, it seems like America is more on our minds today as a nation as it ever has been. And when you think about America this morning, when I think about America, I think of the arrogancy of America this morning. It saddens me about the pride and the self-centeredness and the, uh, the mentality of America, the spirit of, of fame and the spirit of, of me first in this generation. I think about the arrogancy of America and how that they have spit in the very face of God. I think about this morning the apathy of America in our churches, how that our pews have become filled and even our pulpits are, are filled with, with men and, and, and preachers today and in, our, and in Christendom as a whole, we see the apathy at an all-time high. Complacency has settled in and, and uh, people have enjoyed the modern conveniency of America and thank God for that uh, to the point that it is because it has caused many uh, to become numb to the things of God and no longer willing to pay the price that comes with freedom and for Christianity. I think about the activity of America, how that in our day and time, uh, sin has been elevated to an all-time high. We've legalized it. We have enjoyed it in this nation. We have praised sin uh, to the point that now, uh, listen, uh, uh, in our day and time, it seems like decency and morality and respectability has all been placed on the shelf. Uh, and it seems like the perversion and the corruption of sin uh, is being elevated and being pumped in the minds of our young people like never before before, the activity of America burdens my soul this morning. Then I think about the apostasy of America, her silence, the voices that of the past that used to ring out, preachers that used to stand for, for what is right and preach without apology and without the fear and favor of man and the government and the voices of America is what kept this country headed in the right direction. And there is a silencing in our pulpit today of men that are more interested in a paycheck and more interested in a salary and more interested in just keeping things the way that they are. I know this morning that may not be a big deal to you and it doesn't have 
have to be because you're working your job and you're living your life. But any preacher that is in the ministry today will tell you that there is more pressure and there is more compromise today to just not say anything about some things in this nation that's going on. You're feeling the pressure on the job to where now if you have a voice, if you take a stand, you're being isolated and you're being pressured to the point that you are the villain and they are the victor just for doing what you've always done and standing where you've always stood. The apostasy of America. When I think of America, I think of these things. But also, when I think about America this morning, I think about the providence of God and how that God brought this nation to be where it is, the founding of America. I think about the provision of God and how that God has blessed America, his blessings on America concerning our forefathers and our freedom and even our fortunes in life. I mean, America has experienced uh, the financial and the intellectual uh, and the military and the religious blessings like no other nation on planet Earth. Uh, I think it would be safe to say that when I look down through the history of time uh, and you look down through the history of of time, America is uh, less than 250 years old. Uh, God has been good to this nation uh, and I see the providence and I see the provision how that God has taken care of her uh, and God has has blessed America, hadn't he? When I think about the plan of God, when I think about America, the great question in this hour in all of our minds is this, what is the future of our nation? What will become of America? What she is not mentioned in the Bible in the last days, so what do the days between here and the end, uh, uh, what are they for America? I am not a prophet this morning and I do not know uh, uh, in completion all that is going to happen to America. I would say this morning that America uh, may be, uh, uh, listen, included in the European uh, uh, coalition that the Bible talks about those 10 confederate nations in the last days. Uh, it's very likely that America could be one of those day, uh, one of those nations because we are fastly and quickly uh, becoming a nation that is losing her identity. We are losing who we are. Uh, the America that most of us grew up in is not the America that our children and grandchildren are growing up in today. And that saddens me, uh, but it is a possibility that tells me that America may, my friend, uh, be included in one of those European coalition nations. America may be invaded by outside forces. If you look on the internet now, uh, America stands four times uh, uh, the likability of uh, uh, being invaded by other nations than she ever has been in all of her history. I do not know what all is going to take place in this country, but I promise you this morning uh, on the authority of the word of God, uh, there's, going more, there's more going on behind the scenes uh, than masks and mandates and vaccines. Uh, I want to say this morning, uh, uh, the issue at hand is greater uh, than what you and I know and those that are pulling the strings and pushing the buttons and putting the pressure on this nation like we have never seen before. They know more than what you and I know. They know more than what's going through the airwaves of the radio and the TV and the internet. But I got news for that crowd. There's somebody else pulling the strings and there's somebody else pushing the buttons that knows more than what even they know. And it is the one that we see serve and we sing about this morning. Amen. 
She may be invaded by outside forces. America may be infected by the moral decay that's going on today. When you think about the decay of our nation, the decline, how that sin, as I said, is on every hand and preaching against sin, who would have ever thought, we've said it down through the years, but who would have ever thought it would even become a reality in this nation that standing against evil and preaching against sin would run you a risk of being incarcerated or being fined or being shut down. But can I tell you, friend, it is on the threshold of every one of us in this nation. And may God give us the grace to do what we say about in Sunday school and that is to not sit down and be silent but to stand up and stand up for Jesus and be a soldier of the cross I'll tell you friend I want to die on the battlefield don't you I'm telling you this means something to me this morning I want to take a stand I don't want to find controversy I'm not looking for controversy but I don't want to run from the fight do you I don't want to cower down I don't want to turn yellow I don't want to turn tell. I don't want to back down. I don't want to just to get at ease inside. If there's ever been a time we need to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. If there's ever been a time we need to put the suit of armor on and to march on for the glory of God. It's the hour in which we're living in. Amen. And we'll be called rebels. We'll be called troublemakers. That's what they called Elijah, wasn't it? Ahab called him one that troubled the nation. And America may be infected by this morning the moral decay. America may be incapacitated because of the rapture. What may happen may happen to America is when the salt and the light is completely taken out of this nation, she's gonna spin out of control like she's never spun out of control before. And in a moment of weakness and desperation, she will do just about anything to go with the flow. I do not know, but she may be incapacitated. That may be what happens to this nation by the rapture. I do believe the rapture is imminent, don't you? I believe it could take place at any moment before our heart beats another beat before we draw another breath we could be drawing the next breath in the presence of our Savior and our loved ones we could be at that great meeting in the air that we sung about and boy happy day to us but as brother Danny was teaching this morning woe to this nation and woe to the nation of this world I want to tell you this morning the rapture is soon coming hallelujah And when I think about this, all of these things this morning, I think about the church. We're living in a world of chaos. And in this book here of 1 Peter, Peter also talks about these Christians. They were living in a world of chaos. But Peter in these verses had some words of comfort for these Christians in a world of chaos. And I want to preach a few minutes this morning on that subject, on words of comfort in a world of chaos. Words of comfort in a world of chaos. 
You see, if you watch the news and if you listen to the radio, I listen to the radio, but every time SRN News comes on, if I'm walking through the house and Brother David, the radio's on and the, and the SRN News comes on and I hear, uh, listen, I hear Biden speaking, you know what I do? I just press off, amen, uh, for about one minute and then whenever that one minute's up, I press on again. Uh, you say, why would you do that? Because I don't care about hearing anything he's got to say or anything them communist liberals have got to say, amen, and I don't trust the news, I don't care if it's NBC or ABC or CNN or Fox News, they're all in the same tank together, friend, and listen, you can't trust any of them, but if you watch the news and read the paper and you live your days by that, you'll just about want to blow your brains out. If I didn't have any hope beyond this world, I would think all hope was gone, but I'm here to tell you this morning when all hope is gone. Hallelujah, help is on the way. Amen. I promise you help is about to come to this world for the child of God like we've never seen before. Thank God there is gonna come a sound across the airwaves like the internet has never experienced before. And if you're saved, thank God it'll be good news from a far country. Hallelujah. When I think about this world of chaos, I'm glad in these verses there is some words of comfort. You say, preacher, what do you mean? Well, in verse number three, I see the first words of comfort have to do with the power of the resurrection. Amen. You know, this morning, that's where our rest is. It is in the power of the resurrection. When Peter begins this verse here, he opens it with hope. He opens it with honor and he opens it with help. He uses the word blessed and that word blessed simply means uh, uh, to praise uh, or to speak of one uh, who is worthy to speak of. I want to say this morning uh, uh, the one that he is blessing in verse number three is worthy to be praised. Uh, He's worthy to be blessed. Uh, He is giving uh, uh, hope in this hour as he said, blessed be uh, uh, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He talks about the sovereign and he talks about the Savior. I want to tell you this morning, I'm glad that God is still sovereign, amen? And I'm glad that Jesus still saves. If you're here lost, uh, he'll save you in this hour just like he was the God of the 50s uh, and the God of the 60s and the 70s and the 80s uh, and the 90s. He's the God of the ages. Uh, He's the God of the centuries. Uh, He's the God of the decades. Uh, He's the God of this world. Uh, He's the God of the worlds to come. Uh, He's the God of heaven. Uh, He's the God of hell. Uh, He's the God, my friend, of the ungodly and he's the God of the godly this morning. He's God of the high and he's God of the low. He's God of the rich and he's God of the poor. He's God of the black and he's God of the white. He is God and besides him, there is none other. Hallelujah. He's God this morning. And blessed be the God and the Father. I want to tell you he's not only God but he is the father. Amen. He's not this world's father. He's not the heathen's father. He's not the wicked's father. I want to say I can raise my hand this morning and say on the authority of the word of God he is my father. Amen. I'm telling you the Bible says if your father and your mother forsake you then the Lord will take you up. I'm glad thank God for the day. He found me a sinner. He found me lost 
lost and undone. He came to where I was. He picked me up and he's a father to the fatherless. And thank God he helped me and he helped you. Hallelujah. And he brought you in this family. And blessed be the God and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, which according, notice this, to his abundant mercy. I want to tell you, there's the help this morning. We see the hope, we see the honor, and I'm trying to get to the power of the resurrection, but the help is in that abundant mercy this morning. I'm glad there is mercy with the Lord. The Bible said in the book of Song of Solomon that his mercies are new every morning. In the book of Psalms, the psalmist repeated it over and over, that his mercy endureth forever. I'm glad that God is a God of justice, and he is a God of judgment, and he's a God of wrath. Oh, but I bless the day uh, that I found out he was a God of mercy. I'm glad that there's mercy for you uh, and there's mercy for me uh, and there's mercy in this hour and there's mercy for the church uh, and in wrath uh, uh, God will remember mercy. Hallelujah. He's a merciful God this morning. And this morning it's abundant mercy. It was mercy that got you out of bed this morning. It's mercy that got you to the house of God. It's mercy that's going to see you home. It's mercy that's going to take care of your children. It's mercy that's going to keep your your home together. It's mercy that's holding this church together. It's mercy that's helping me preach. It's mercy that's going to let you go to bed tonight. And if you wake up tomorrow, it'll be the mercy of God that got you up, let you see another sunrise or another day. It's mercy that keeps us going. It was mercy in the past. It's mercy right now in the present. It'll be mercy in the future. I'm glad that God is rich in a lot of things. He's rich in silver and he's rich in gold and he's rich in abundance of a lot of things. Oh, but I'm glad that God is rich in mercy this morning. I'm thankful for the mercy of God. Hallelujah. And after the year of the pandemic and the masquerade, thank God we're still here. And we're still having church. Somebody asked me today, what are you going to do with all these numbers rising? I said, I'm going to have church is what I'm going to do. Amen. They can do what they want to do. I'm sick of the mess. If you want to know the truth of the matter, I'm sick of the lies. I'm sick of the hypocrisy. I'm telling you, if I'd have known in April of 2020 what I knew in September of 2020, things would have been a whole lot different. Amen. I'm sick of everything that this word, I'm fed up, aren't you? I preached on it the other day, but I'm still fed up. I want you to know. But I'll tell you through it all. You say, how are we going to make it? I'll tell you how we're going to make it. By the good hand of God, how we're going to make it. How do you think Israel made it? Amen. How do you think Daniel made it? Amen. How do you think David made it the same way? Hey, how do you think you made it this far? It's not been the government. It's not been this nation. I'll tell you who it is. There's an unseen hand. He's kept us every step of the way. He has showed us mercy. And my friend, he helped us one more day. He'll see us through tomorrow. Hallelujah. Woo, praise God. I'm thankful for his mercy. 
I want you to notice the power of the resurrection is comforting words in a world of chaos. And what I see about this, the power of this resurrection, I notice the eternality of it. It's God the Father. I notice the experience of it. The Bible says, we have begotten us again. You say, how do you get this mercy? How do you experience the power of the resurrection? You gotta be begotten again. That means you gotta be born again. Amen. Jesus told me, Nicodemus, you must be born again. I'm glad for the day that I got born again in the family of God. Hallelujah. Have you been born again? I see the experience of it. I see the energy of it. It is a lively hope. You know what that means, that word lively means? It means life, but it means energy. The life is in the blood. When a man dies, uh, his blood, uh, uh, listen, it, it begins to harden. Uh, and you know what happens? Because the life is gone out of him uh, and he cannot move. Uh, he cannot breathe. Uh, he does not have any being anymore. You know why? Because uh, the energy, the life has gone out of him. Uh, hey, this hope that we have this morning, Brother Laddie, uh, because we've been born again, uh, it's not just a hope, uh, but it's a lively hope. Uh, it gives energy this morning. Uh, I want to say you're here this morning because you want to be if you're saved. Amen. You're here this morning because there's something on the inside that creates a desire to want to live for God. That's why we can't go the way of this world. Hey, something inside won't just, just won't let us quit. Jeremiah experienced that. It was a fire shut up in his bones. Hey, you don't have to be a preacher to know what I'm talking about in that. Not just about preaching. But if you're saved, there's a desire. There's a want to. There's the energy. Before I got saved, I had no desire to live for God. And you didn't either. But after you get saved, the power of that resurrection, it's a lively hope. It gives you the energy to sing in the face of doubt and fear. It gives you the energy to go to church. When they say don't go to church, it gives you the energy to worship. When they say don't open your mouth and worship, I'm talking about it is a life hope. As the old songwriter said, he said, I thought I'd keep it quiet, but he said, I told it all day and I told it all night. I'm telling you, when you get saved, you want to talk about it. You want to sing about it. You want to go to church. You want to magnify. It is a living hope this morning. And I see that today in this text. I see the energy and I see the excitement. The Bible says here, Hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, it's exciting this morning to be saved. The power of the resurrection, what does that mean? It means that you pass from death unto life. John 5 and verse 24, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Friend, that don't happen on resurrection morning. That happened the day you got saved. Amen. You were dead in trespasses and sin, according to the book of Ephesians. But when you got saved, you might be begotten unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ because he got up on that third and appointed 
appointed day when you came to the altar or wherever you got saved at. Now, friend, you was a sinner, lost and dead in your trespasses and sin, but because of faith in Jesus Christ and the word of God, the word of God is alive, the Holy Spirit is alive, and the seed of the word of God was planted in your heart and you trusted it by faith and the Holy Ghost came on the inside and it put hope and you came alive that you were dead, your spirit was dead, but it was resurrected, hallelujah. And you're alive now. You know, that's why a person that's been raised in church can sit in church all their life. They can do everything that we do, so to speak, but they have no life in them. They go to church because it's what they've always done. They go to church because it's how they were raised. It's not real to them. They may even enjoy the social gatherings of the church, but beyond that, it doesn't mean anything else to them, but to us that are saved. I'm telling you this morning, if you're saved, if we never had another fellowship, if we never had another function, if we never had another quote unquote get together, another meal in the fellowship hall, if the fellowship hall burned to the ground and we never built it back, if you're saved by the grace of God, you'll keep on coming to church. You know why? Because it's just something about all us getting together around the word of God, just being with our brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're saved, you're alive and I'm alive and that life connects one with another and when somebody that's saved gets up and testifies or they get up and sing like she did this morning and listen they're crying through their tears and they're singing their song and they're missing the notes but yet we're still connecting amen you know why because we're all connecting with that hope amen thank God the power of his resurrection that's something that's comforting words in a world of chaos this morning the power of his resurrection then I want to say secondly this morning the promise of our reward is comforting words in a world of chaos The Bible said in verse number four, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. An inheritance. When you think about that word inheritance this morning, it means more than just, uh, it means more than just uh, things, but it also has to do with property. Inherited property. I think about this world. We that are saved, we're coming back to this world. The world will not have seen us for the last time. But when Jesus comes on that great resurrection morning, the power of his resurrection will be seen around this world. Those that have already passed on will be resurrected. We'll be translated. Thank God we'll see the king of glory. We'll go to heaven for seven years and thank God we'll come back when that tribulation is over. As old brother Earl Hughes used to sing, we'll be gone, but we'll be back. Hallelujah. We'll come back to this world. My friend, we're gonna inherit this world. We're gonna inherit the worlds to come. Amen. I'm telling you, there is an inheritance this morning uh, uh, that we have uh, and when I think about it uh, I see here uh, uh, my friend this inheritance uh, with my friend it is a promised inheritance uh, a promised reward Uh, this promise has been revealed to us in this verse Uh, uh, thank God this promise has been remaining for us Uh, it is still here uh, and this promise has been reserved Uh, the Bible says it's reserved uh, in heaven for you what a promise this morning you know, growing up, we, we were poor just like everybody else. Oh, wasn't as poor as some people. 
And the thing about it, when you grow up poor, you really don't know you're poor, do you? Isn't that right? I remember used to. Listen, we, I was driving down the road the other day and stopped at a red light and the car shut off. But then when you hit the gas, it shuts back on, it goes back on. I told my wife, I said, I can't get used to that. There's a little button, you can turn it off, but it saves you some gas. It says, I don't know if it's true or not. I said, I can't get used to that. She said, why? I said, because when we were all growing up, if you pulled up at a red light and your car shut off, that meant you was in real trouble, amen. You wasn't, you wasn't saving nothing, friend, amen. That meant you was either gonna sit there and wind it until it wound back up or somebody had to get out and push, isn't that right? I'm telling you, I still get that sick feeling every time it shuts down, like, oh, Lord, you were either out of gas uh, or, listen, uh, it was stalling, something was uh, going on, amen. Uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about? We didn't have a whole lot growing up. Uh, hey, when my mom and dad's gone, they're not gonna leave a whole lot behind. When I'm gone, me and my wife is gone, we're not gonna leave a whole lot behind. I'm telling you, even if you can't leave a whole lot. It doesn't mean a whole lot in this world, but I've got an inheritance on the other side. And thank God if you're saved, you've got an inheritance. And if your children saved, they've got an inheritance. Amen. It's incorruptible. It's undefiled. And it fadeth not away. Thank God it's permanent. Amen. That inheritance is just as good for me. It'll be just as good for the next generation. We have the promise of a reward. I say let's keep on keeping on. Let's Let's keep on serving God. Ain't that some comforting words in a chaotic world? Amen. The promise of a reward. Don't falter in these last days. There's five crowns to be won. Listen to me this morning real close on this. Don't back up in these last days. If your best friend drops their convictions... And their beliefs, don't you back up. If your family changes, don't you make excuse for them. If your children or your grandchildren drop their convictions, love them and pray for them, don't you drop them. If this church goes through an exodus, because maybe times change and we don't. And generations that come up under his mom and dad say, I'm not going that way. Don't go join a church down the road with them. Whether we, we've had a house full in this church for years, and I thank God for it. I don't boast in that. It's all the Lord's church. But if there comes the day when there's just a handful and we don't even have enough to sing in the choir, well, if we got four people, we could still have choir, couldn't we? Isn't that right? It'd be a quartet, choir quartet. <laughs> if I got to stand down here and sing, don't you quit. Brother, I want to finish right, don't you? I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be, uh, I, listen, I, I, I'm not trying, I don't want to make any bold statements this morning in the flesh. I just want to be consistent by the grace of God. I want to finish not for people, not for a church, not for the ministry, not for a pat on the back, not for people to say, well, he finished right, and I suppose that would be a, a good testimony to have. But I don't want to do it for those reasons. I'm being honest with you. I want to finish right because I know it's right and because I want to hear Jesus say one day, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'm telling you, that's why I want to finish the same way that I started. Let others go and do what they 
think they need to do. But you get it deep down in your soul and say, by the good grace of God, there's a reward to be a one. There's a race to be run. And I want to cross the finish line and give God my best. Hallelujah. When Brother Blue died, was standing there at the graveside, and a preacher, he made a statement about something. He said, well, he's gone. I reckon we can do this now. And can I be honest with you? It made me so mad. I said, well, if that was your reason, you should have done it a long time ago. And I just walked off. He said, why'd you walk? Because I was afraid I was going to say something I shouldn't say. I love Brother Stenet Blue. I love Brother Sammy Allen. I'll tell you, I sat at their feet all of my Christian life and probably nobody influenced my life any greater. But I can truthfully stand here and say that what I believe... Thank God they taught it to me, but I don't believe it because they believed it. I believe it because the Bible says so. I believe it because it's in the word of God. I tell you, by the grace of God, and I pray by the mercy of God, Brother Laddie, I just want to keep on standing. I want to stay till the end, don't you? I tell you, I want to fight till the very end by the grace of God. I don't trust this flesh. It could falter in just a second, but if God will give the grace, and I know he will, if God will give the mercy and I know he will I want to finish right I want the reward that's been promised in the end hallelujah I want to cast that crown at the Lord's feet and then I want to say in closing comforting words in a chaotic world the power of the resurrection the promise of our reward and then look at verse number 5 our protection until he returns The Bible says who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. I look at this verse, I see the security. We're kept, amen. That word kept is a military word uh, and it means uh, the action is still going on. We're still being kept. We're not going to be kept. We're not promised that one day we're kept. That word kept, the security is he kept us in the past and he's still keeping us in the present. And if he kept me back there and he's kept me right here, he'll keep us in the future. Isn't that right? I'm not waiting to be kept, but we're kept by the power of God. That's the strength. The substance is our faith through faith. The salvation through faith unto salvation and the sign is ready to be revealed in the last days. I want to tell you this morning, we are kept by the power of God. I don't know what's going to happen to America, but I do know what's going to happen to the church. Amen? I don't know what's going to happen in Washington, but I do know what's going to happen to the people of God. This world may be turned upside down, but everything's okay in my father's house. It's still steady on the other side. I'm telling you, the wind is still blowing softly on heaven's bright shore. The sun is still shining in glory land. The saints are still singing. They're still shouting. The angels are still praising. Heaven is sounding sweeter all the time. And we're one day closer to Day than what we was yesterday. Well, I feel a whole lot of heaven in my soul right now. I thank God the King is coming. Hallelujah. He's coming. Jesus. How many of y'all believe Jesus is coming? He's coming. We're kept by the power of God through faith. Some days my faith 
gets low. Some days, I'm going to tell you, I've preached against this all my life. <laughs> and then I went and did it this year. You know the best thing ever happened to me? I quit listening to the news. I'm serious. I got so mad at that communist liberal outfit and all the rhinos. I don't like the Democrats, but I'll tell you, the rhinos made me just as sick. Every email they send me by, uh, since 2021 started, I've, by as far as I know, I've answered every one of them. And I love answering them now. They send them, they're getting less. I know, I know they don't just send them to me directly, but they must have some button that some, somehow they're, they're calculating because I'm getting less than I was starting out. I enjoy sending my emails back to them. They'll send me these hippo emails that say it's time to get tough. I sent them an email back said you should have done that in November. Let's take a stand and let's not be silent. I sent them one back and said, I plan on doing to you the same thing you did to our president in 2022 and that's absolutely nothing. That's what I'm doing for you. Amen. I, this world's a mess. And this morning, if all I had to live for was this world, oh, I tell you, I'd... I'd probably go put my head in the sand somewhere, Brother David. If all I had to look forward to, and I ain't nothing wrong with having one, don't misunderstand me. If all I had to look forward to was a 401k and a retire, You know, I got that the other day, Social Security. I got to be 68 to draw. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I don't think I'll live to be 68. I'm just telling you. And I'm okay with that. Well, I'm not. I want to stay here with my wife. I don't think I'll live to be 68. If I do, you really think Social Security is going to be here by the time we, I get 68? Now, y'all are acting like that's not too far down the road, but it is. <laughs> Noelle came to me one day. She said, I don't like to think about you dying dead. I said, well, I'm only 19 years older than you. She said, what does that mean? I said, that means if I die at 90, you ain't got that far to go. <laughs> In some sick way, she said, you know, that kind of comforts me. <laughs> I'm telling you, if, all I, had, if, if I had, all I had to look forward to down here was a rocking chair and a front porch and ain't nothing wrong with, uh, with that, but if that's all I had to look forward to and a 401k and the American dream, uh, the American dream has become the American nightmare. If that's all I had to look forward to, there is no hope in this world. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, uh, we're of all men most miserable. But I got good news for you. Hallelujah. This morning, uh, the Bible said, looking uh, for that blessed hope uh, and the glorious appearing uh, of the great God uh, and our Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, there is a hope uh, that's beyond this world. Uh, and I'm looking uh, for a better day, a brighter day, a blessed hope. Hallelujah. Looking for Jesus to come. That's my 401k plan. 